Smith surveys and then dishes off to Chris Russell. Left side for Yamamoto. He'll regroup in his own end and now skate away from Lindholm. McDavid with speed to the net. Wrist shot score! Connor McDavid has given Edmonton its first lead of the night. Connor McDavid, the game winner with 3.45 left in the third period. The Oilers snapped their three-game losing streak, a 3-2 decision tonight over the Calgary Flames. Thanks a lot for checking out Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It is 10.57. McDavid with three points. Yamamoto had a goal and an assist. Chris Russell with a couple of assists tonight. And Mike Smith continues to impress. He's now 7-2, coming up with 34 saves. Rob, we'll start with the game winner. And we, we, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago with some of the great goal scorers in the NHL that they can get that shot off so quick and from any position. And I'm watching that play, and my eyes are starting to scan the slot, thinking, okay, who's going to the net? Who's McDavid going to pass to? And then all of a sudden off the post and in. Well, it was a, a wonderful shot. Markstrom was uh, very good tonight, and you wouldn't have expected that to go in from the angle it did, but it was a perfect shot by Connor McDavid. Uh, a, a number of things that happened on that play to create the goal. First, when you play with Connor McDavid, you have to have guys that can get him the puck when he needs it. Yamamoto coming up the ice, he got it into Connor's hands. The difference tonight between what Calgary did against Connor and Leon and what the Toronto did, the Toronto Maple Leafs took away that passing lane. They didn't allow the puck to get to Connor McDavid. They forced other players to carry the puck in. And from up here, you could see that play developing. I believe it was Dubé that was skating backwards at the time. I'm not positive, but there was a Calgary Flames skating backwards. He didn't look to see where the passing lane was. He didn't look to see where Connor was. He just stayed, just skated backwards and allowed Yamamoto to make the play. And the defenseman can't go stand beside Connor. So when the puck went to Connor, Connor had time and space. Connor is the best in the National Hockey League with getting the first two steps. As soon as the puck got on his stick, he just took two quick steps. That separated him from anybody. When he's coming down on you in speed, I believe it was Tanev, he had no choice, but he had to back off. Because you got Connor McDavid, you're going to back, back off. I'll keep him to the outside. So now Connor McDavid's got time. He's got time to decide, okay, where am I going to go with the puck? Am I going to pass it? Am I going to shoot it? And he just kept going further and further in. Defenseman kept backing up, and he got himself in a position that where now he's got a shooting lane. And what he's got that we don't probably see near enough of is an absolutely wicked wrist shot. And uh, the reason wrist shots are so effective, wrist shot, snap shot, is they come out of nowhere. A slap shot, we saw him take a slap shot earlier in this, almost the same area. When you see a slap shot, the goalie is now setting himself up. He knows the puck is coming. On a wrist shot, it can come at any moment. And with Connor McDavid, in those positions, as you said, you're scanning the slot to see where it's going. So is the goaltender. The goaltender's thinking, oh, this is McDavid. He's probably not going to shoot from there. He's trying to make a play. Where's Leon Dreisaitl? Where's the trailer? And he caught Markstrom off guard. And it was an absolutely perfect shot. Goes on the inside of the post. Just barely crosses the line. But the Calgary Flames did not take the passing lanes away. They allowed Connor to carry the puck today. And then the big move tonight by Dave Tippett, putting Leon and Connor together, and the Calgary Flames just had nothing that they could put out against them. They were able to contain them. Yeah, that's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Initially, it was McDavid Dreisaitl with Pugliarvi. Then Yamamoto got the bulk of the time there. So Nugent Hopkins moved to center between Cahoon and Yamamoto. And, and I thought that obviously helped the Oilers. And I just thought as the game wore on, they played better. They, did, they, they didn't have a great first period. They adjusted the shot total, so 21-10 Calgary. Big difference. Yeah. It was 22-10 initially, but but Smith was uh, w was very good. And, and I thought the Oilers, a, a pretty good second period, a little more zone time, a little more time grinding, and then they're able to come back after giving up a goal early in the third. Well, this is the one thing when Oilers, we've seen in the past, when they're within one going into the third, they're always in it. And you feel confident they're going to come back because they do have Leon, because they do have Connor. And uh, they, the number of opportunities that those two created in the third period, you're thinking, okay, uh, just as long as Mike Smith gives them that big save, that timely save, that the Oilers are going to be able to come back and win this hockey game. And Smith did make those saves. There were some breakdowns. Uh, for the Oilers in the third. A couple good chances for the Calgary Flames, but in this game tonight, the Edmonton Oilers got the better goaltending, and unlike the three games against the Toronto Maple Leafs, 
the Oilers superstars were far superior to the Calgary Flames superstars. Uh, I, this was a, a, a very off game, I believe. I know he scored a goal tonight, but Johnny Goudreau did not look like the Johnny Goudreau that we've seen in the past. Monahan had a very quiet night. And on the other end, you've got Connor and Leon, who were both excellent in this hockey game. Score, they score all three goals and give the Oilers a, a much-needed two points against the Calgary Flames. 3-2, the Oilers take it. So they are now 15-11 and 11 on the season. The Flames are 11-12-2. They're going to play again tomorrow against Ottawa. Then Ottawa is here on Monday. Daryl Sutter will, I believe he's running his first practice on Tuesday. So Ryan Huska will run the Flames bench again tomorrow night as uh, they are trying to keep within reach of the four teams within playoff spots in the North Division. The updated standings. And, and again, I've been doing this by points percentage. The Oilers are third when it comes to points with 30, one back of Winnipeg and two ahead of Montreal. But if you go by points percentage, it is Toronto free and clear despite losing their last two to Vancouver with a 731 percentage. Winnipeg at 646. Montreal, who pounded Winnipeg tonight, mm-hmm. 71 is 609. Edmonton, 577. And then you have Calgary sitting there at 480. So obviously the Flames with some work to do, but yep. the, you know there are games available for uh, for them to do it. And uh, you know Vancouver, you know, see this thing. You look at the points and think, oh, Vancouver's tied Calgary. Well, the points percentage is 480 for Calgary, 429 for Vancouver because of the games played. Well, so. the the team Calgary and, and Vancouver, they need to have a run. Yeah. A big run. And that's yeah, like why. the Oilers did. Yep, they did. And, and it's possible. I mean, it, it's one of those ones you get a, a favorable schedule and all of a sudden you get a little bit of uh, a good thing going. Uh, that's why you see both Montreal and Calgary make coaches changes. They knew that they needed a run to be able to be a playoff hockey club and they couldn't wait too late. And both Calgary and Montreal now with new coaches here, not even halfway through the season. So a 3-2 win for the Oilers. That means a $300 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injuries, uh, Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given 100 bucks for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. We thank them for that. And the Oilers finally broke a considerable drought. <laughs> you know, one goal in, what was it? All, well, almost 11 periods. It almost got to 11 periods, but Pugliarvi scored with 2.59 late in the second period. I, I thought he was good. I mean, you look for little details in his game, Rob, and I've noticed he's he's around the net a lot, and he's really starting to use his body more. You know, those little things, shielding the puck, being the first guy to initiate contact when, when there's a puck battle along the boards, and, and then the goal just right place, right time, and chip it in. Now, I, I never got to see Pugliarvi a lot in, in, when he was in junior. Obviously, I saw him at the World Juniors. I have a feeling that the way he plays now is completely different than the way he played before. He was a guy that would carry the mail, he'd make pretty plays, drive the net with the puck, uh, try to get, you know, toe-drag, turn guys inside out, things like that. He's not capable yet of doing it at the national hockey level, but now the one thing he has is size. And he knows where to hang out. He understands that his role here is different. He's not going to be the guy that carries the puck through the neutral zone making plays. He's the guy that's driving through the middle. He's the guy that's hanging out at the blue paint, uh, getting rebounds, getting tips. And he can carve out a very nice career here playing with either a Connor or playing with a Leon because they're going to give him ample opportunities to put the puck in the net because they're always going to take the puck there. But, yeah, you're right. He, he's... He, very good around the net because he's got size and he's got nice hands. There's a lot of big guys that can hang around the net, but they get the puck on their stick and they're just throwing it into the goalie's pads one, two, three, four, five times and hope that the puck goes through the goalie. When he's around the net, he understands how to score goals. So he's got a little extra time when he's in front of the net because he's able to absorb punishment and then he can put the puck in the net. So, uh, again, another big goal. He continues this nice little run he's on. Oilers take it 3-2. You can get us on the CertainTeed hotline, 780-496-0063. But first, let's head to the Zoom room. Tonight's winning goaltender, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Mike Smith. Hi, Mike. Uh, it was a bit of a low point after the last two losses. So to come back with, with this kind of a win against Calgary, I know you guys always talk about staying on an even keel, but can you just maybe describe the emotional or confidence boost that comes from uh, a win like this? 
Yeah, I think we we wanted to nip it at the butt as, as quick as possible, and what better way to do that than uh, you know a game against Calgary and. Uh, I mean, every game is important, but when you come off of uh, three games in a row um, like we have and didn't play up to our capabilities and, and uh, we want to get it, you know, the ship righted as fast as possible. So I thought tonight we, we didn't start maybe as, as well as we have in the past, but we found a way to, to win and to, to get two points and that's all that matters. When he puts McDavid and Dreisaitl all together out there in the second period, you could kind of just see things turn a little bit. From from your perspective at ice level, watching it all go down, just what do you make of when those two guys are, are on it like they were tonight? I mean, anytime you put two of the best players in the world together, they're going to create offense, that's for sure. So I think it was, uh, you know, Tip has a good feel for the game, so it was nice to see them together and to kind of get back on the score sheet like they deserve to be. And, and uh, obviously, you know, huge, huge, uh, you know, goal by Cap there to get us the win and, and uh, nice plays by, by Leo to, to set up another goal. So I think anytime your top players contribute to your team's success, it feels good for the group. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. So tell me, Mike, about a team that, you know, you go through the trial thing and there's a lot of soul searching and changing, practicing and figuring it out. And you come out tonight and Calgary took it pretty good in the first period to you and you still, you know, massaged the lines and did a few things and you end up winning the game. Is it worth more when you kind of got to work for it like this, maybe? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's something that's been talked about in our locker room the last few games is, you know, how do we win games when it's not easy? And, uh, I mean, it's never easy, but how do you win games when things don't go maybe as planned or you get down or, you know, there's some adversity in the game? You know, that's something we've been talking about and, and we're trying to learn from. And, and I think tonight was a prime example of that. You know, we, we didn't have the first period we, we, you know, we wanted to, but that didn't deter us from going out in the second and third and building a game and finding a way to win even though we were down. And, uh, you know, it's a good lesson learned for a group. You know, it's not always going to be easy. It's going to get harder and harder as the season goes on, as you get closer to playoffs and into playoffs. So I think our group, you know, is figuring that out. I think we played, you know, a real good team in Toronto that kind of snuffed us out and kind of gave us a wake-up call. And, um, you know, if we want to be a top team in this league, we, you know, there's standards that have to be set. And we're figuring that out and we're learning every day. That's perfect. Thanks, Mike. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Hey, Ryan, I just want to ask about matching that intensity level and that physicality that the Flames were bringing in that first period. Two big fights for you guys. How much is that giving you that energy to kind of keep going and in that second and third? Yeah, anytime, you know, obviously Nursey's a tough, you know, big man back there for us. And anytime he goes up against one of the toughest guys in the league, you know, it, it can't, it can't, you know, can't hurt at all. So unless it hurts his knuckles, but um, you know, it's a big boost for a group to see one of your leaders, you know, step up like that against uh, just a, a big man. And and obviously, Neiler is not known for his fighting, but I thought he did real well against uh, a guy that kind of can get under your skin out there. So I think uh, both guys, you know, stepped up to the plate and gave our team energy and and uh, came out on the right end of that one. And you talk about not everything's always going to go your way all the time. So you get out of that period just down one nothing. How big was that to kind of regroup and re-energize it and weather that storm that you knew they were going to come out hard because they're trying to impress a new coach? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when you're anytime you're, you know, there's a coaching change, obviously, you know, there's going to be emotion in the game. But we we felt the same emotion needed from our group, even though it didn't maybe show in the first little bit. But um, I thought just to stick with a game, you know, to stick with a game. It's not, like you said, it's not always easy, but it's the way you kind of finish the game off. It's not how you start, it's how you finish, I guess. So it was, uh, it was nice to come out on the right side of that one and get a huge two points for the group. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Mike, can you talk to Connor McDavid's shot? You see it all the time in practice. I don't think Connor gets enough uh, kudos for his shot. He ripped that one right off the, off the iron and into the net for the winning goal. Yeah, I mean, he's an elite player, and his shot is included in that uh, category. So I think he's, it's something he's worked on, and I think he's, he's starting to shoot the puck more, which is, uh, you know, a dangerous tool when you have it all. So I think it's, uh, you know, to have to face in practice is obviously, uh, you know, it can only make you better to face the best. But um, to see him, you know, bury that one tonight obviously is a big probably relief for him after, you know, a few games not on the scoreboard, but a huge goal for a group. and you know, gets us the two points. So it's obviously big, you know, your leaders lead and they did tonight.
Gee, you mentioned James Neal, who was a friend of yours, fought. Have you given him any tips on fighting? He's only had, hadn't had a fight in about five years, so obviously he's a scorer and, and he's, he's big, but he doesn't have a lot of fights. Did well. He doesn't have a lot, but I thought he, he, he did real well. I thought he did real well. I think he, uh, the other guy might have a couple of lumps on his head after tonight. I wonder if Mike Smith is going to be the last goaltender in NHL history who will be asked about giving teammates tips on fighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't hear it often, do you? I mean, when I played, there were a few guys that actually were capable of giving tips, Ron Hextall being one of them. But, uh, again, it's guys getting outside their, their comfort zone. And tonight, James Neal getting outside his comfort zone. I mean, at the very least, he took off uh, Kachuk for five minutes. And that's a good trade-off. So uh, standing up, and the Oilers needed a spark at that point because the first period, it could have been ugly if it not for Mike Smith. He was fantastic in the first period. The Oilers needed a spark. A couple of their veteran players came out, got into fights, did well. And the Oilers were much better as the game went on. Oilers take it 3-2. You can get us at 780-496-0063, courtesy CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. We have Colton on the line Colton I have a question before you ask a question how is the calf you named after me doing uh he's doing really well he uh he scored a few goals he's uh skating really well and uh <laughs> doing good that's awesome buddy thanks for calling what's on your mind tonight uh a few things actually uh I'm glad we got the win uh things were looking very good after the Toronto thing there or whatever but like yeah we got the win but a few things concern me like I know we're missing Cassian and Archibald like I'll take a win but I don't like how we get pushed around like we didn't get totally pushed around but we get out hit like I'd like a few bigger bodies like I don't want to be the team that gets out hit and stuff, but like teams win without physicality. But like, I'd like to see a team with some more physicality and a little tougher bodies. And like I said, we were missing Cassie and then Archibald. And like, I, I, I love, I'm probably one of the biggest Archibald fans in oil country right now because that guy, he is like a, he, the way I think Archibald is, he's a, he's a cat. He's a cat. He he always lands on his feet. He's he's what is he five? Like he's probably my size, but he's just he's tough as nails. He goes hard. He he hits like he's yeah. He's yeah. a cement wall. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I right. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate and, uh, Colton. Reed's doing really good, by the way. He's no, I, pre- I appreciate that. That's <laughs> that's Colton, who often texts on Inside Sports, and he's quite uh, he's quite entertaining. And he, he may have just been going with there, but the other night he wrote in and claimed that he named a newborn calf. That's Reed, nice. Reed, after me. So, you know, I guess I'm honored. Uh, the hits tonight were, were 42-40 in favor of Edmonton. Looking on the stat sheet, uh, Brett Ritchie was credited with eight for Calgary. Jujar Kara credited with eight for the Oilers. I, I do think... They miss Archibald. He has an element. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, we haven't seen Cassian for a while. Maybe he wasn't having the type of season we would want him to have. But if he if he plays that physical game, he is uh, he can be pretty effective. I, I thought I thought the first period the Flames were more physical mm-hmm. and were quicker and were better passing. They were pretty much better in, in, in everything. But I thought the Oilers ramped things up as the game went on, and I would include a little bit of physicality in that. Yeah, I agree. I, the guy that This was one of the most physical games we've seen. Like There were some big hits thrown in this hockey game. And after the last series, the Toronto-Edmonton uh, series, I don't remember really many hits in, in all three games. So... Uh, to me, I mean, you can nitpick if you want, but at the end of the day, this was a, a huge win for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they pushed the Calgary Flames a little further behind, and if the Oilers win hockey games without throwing a hit, I'm fine with that too. I mean, it, it's the bottom line is you're putting the puck in the net more than the other team is uh, to you. Uh, Calgary is built a little bit bigger. That's the way their team is right now, especially with no Archibald or Cassian. You play to your strengths, and some guys get outside their comfort zone. Nurse went into a big fight. Neil fought a guy. Um... But you can't make guys play a different style. And at the end of the night, as you just said, the others actually out hit Calgary. I don't know if I believe that. 
Um, maybe the Calgary's hits were just bigger and more noticeable, but it was uh, a physical game, and the Oilers absorbed it and came back and found a way to win a hockey game. 3-2, the Oilers win it. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com, presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details, jvedmonton.ca. Well, Rob, it must be after 11 o'clock on a Saturday night because we have someone very special on the phone who keeps calling despite you, Rob Brown, continually not fulfilling one of his life dreams. <laughs> but JP has called in anyway. Hey, JP, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we all know about this. A long time, hopefully coming soon. I'm telling you right now, it has to. It has to. But anyway, let's get down the brass taxi guys. Let me have a seat first. I've been waiting for it. But I'll tell you right now, based on our last conversation, let's move move on to a new one with the guy that's my Jean Principe. I wanted to give a little homage to uh, Jean Principe. But let's get down to Brasta, shall we? Good to hear you guy. But uh, let's talk. Let's talk. I don't want to say JP because I will confuse myself. I've had too many drinks. Yes, he probably This guy, I'm so impressed with him. I'm so impressed with the way he come back into the mix. Because it's, think about this, the first was fiasco, but I mean, we all know the story, we all know the story, but this guy's coming back and doing the simple thing, perfect. He grind, right position, hit in the corner, get in the way, go to the net. He, uh, he and you all know this, I, I tweet this earlier, he doesn't want to park too much on his stick too long. You could see him wind up every once in a while, oh, give me the pass. Then he's looking for quick pass, just a smart play, simple, simple. But he's always making the right play, and he's always in the right spot. It's paying off. Look at all his goals. Right on the front end, rebound, boom, in tonight, perfect. I can't wait for this guy to decide, all right, you know, it's time to maybe, I don't know, keep the puck a little long. Look at me, look at me frame. All right, you want to touch me, Johnny Goodrow? Whoop. Get out of my way. I move past this guy. I rip to the net. He's going to be a powerhouse soon. It is going to be fantastic. And I love how he's slowly, kind of just casually going into it. He's on his way to the top line. He's doing it proper. Right on. But you know what? Hey, read, read, read. I have to say this quickly because, Rob, Rob, you say, well, Drysaw will have had a great, fantastic, excellent evening tonight. Two selfish penalty. This guy is above the selfish penalty. There's no need for this type of garbage. I love what Tip did tonight by settling it out, getting the lines flow. But come on, right, Saddle. Two penalty like this, Yamamoto, is odd. Yamamoto, dry, and Lee McDavid end up on this line. Good for Tip. But come on. I need your autograph, please, before uh, <laughs> All right, I leave J- the <laughs> Thanks, JP. And JP, one of his favorite players, the Archibald. Uh, didn't didn't play tonight, so JP will be happier. We, we we don't know what's up with Archibald. We'll see if we get an update. Yeah, the pen, the penalties were not good. No, they weren't. And he, there's a standard that the the coaching staff wants their players to play by. You can't take silly penalties. And and it, whether you're a fourth line guy or you're your superstar, you just you, you can't. And uh, I know that sometimes you want to play with edge. You want to be physical. You want to uh, show that you can't be pushed around. But you also got to understand that silly penalties really don't send a message other than you're frustrated. And then that gets the other team going. Like, all right, look at he's he's off his game. Oh, he took another one. Let's keep going at him. The one thing that I, I, I liked with Dave Tippett is he kept going with them. He said, all right, you guys took some dumb ones. Let's see you go out there and make amends. And I thought both players got better as the game went on. And Yamamoto, uh, I, I mean... I was getting texts saying, you know, Yamamo should sit after that penalty. You know, you know, some we've I've seen veteran coaches where they're like, you know what, he knows it was a dumb penalty, and I'm going to give him a chance to go out there and and make up for that. And Yamamoto did. That was the best Yamamoto's played, I think, in weeks. He was uh, a difference maker tonight. And Leon, the same thing. He got better as the game went on. The obviously putting the line together, Yamamoto, McDavid, and Dry. So you'll you wonder if it's going to be there again next game or not. But you can't take silly penalties. And the Oilers took a few tonight, and it could have cost them. Calgary could have extended the lead a couple times on the power play. The penalty killers bailed them out. 
Oilers take it 3-2 tonight. We have Doug and Sean up next on the phone lines. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid and Dave Tippett. It's Heartland Ford, overtime open line. McDavid looking to create some magic from behind the net. Shovels it out. Chris Russell shoots, and that one off the post. Rebound score. Yes, a Puyarvi. And Edmonton's tied the game. Puyarvi again finding the range. Puliarvi's seventh of the season. That was the Oilers' first goal tonight, and it helps them to a 3-2 win over the Calgary Flames at Rogers Place. The Oilers are now 15-11 as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. With daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Canucks upend the Maple Leafs again. 4-2 is the final. Canadians pound the Jets 7-1. Golden Knights shut out the Sharks 4-0. Rangers win 6-3 over the Devils. Spectacular goal by Matthew Barzell today as the Islanders down the Sabres 5-2. Penguins step by the Flyers 4-3. Panthers pound the Predators 6-2. It's the Coyotes winning at home 5-2 over Minnesota. Ducks beat the Avalanche 5-4 in overtime. Dallas shuts out the Blue Jackets 5-0. Kings win in overtime 4-3 against the Blues. The Oil Kings winning 3-1 over the Medicine Hat Tigers. So the Oil Kings are 4-0. And in the AHL, the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, 5-3 winners over the Ontario Reign. 780-496-0063. We have Doug standing by. Doug, thanks a lot for calling tonight. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking the call, guys. Uh, listen, uh, uh, really glad to see the boys come out of that little three-game slump. Uh, uh, <laughs> what better team to break out uh, against the Flames, right? Uh, but going forward, still a little bit concerned overall with the team. Um, as Connor goes is what the team goes. It's quite obvious, right? So uh, uh, talking to my nephew and a couple other buddies and whatnot, this team, um, any major moves, uh, that's not going to happen this year. It's just not. Uh, uh, the way the trades are, the, the, the divisions are set up, uh, you can't trade to the south, basically the states because of the quarantine, all that kind of fun stuff. So anyway, uh, major moves won't happen until next year. But having said that, uh, and you guys know better than me, hearing what Buffalo was saying that, you know, they're, they're open to talking about anybody and everybody. And I'm not talking about Taylor Hall. I don't mean that. But do you guys see a potential trade or, or, or an actual hockey move that may uh, help the Oilers, bottom six move, whatever that might be? Do you guys see that or, or do you know offhand? Well, I do, I do see that. But to speculate on, on who it could be right now would be tough. But I, I think that they... I mean, I think they'd like to improve the penalty. I mean, I've thrown out the name Brandon Sutter before just because Calgary's not, or pardon me, Vancouver's not doing very well and you wouldn't have to quarantine. But I I think Doug's right. I I don't see uh, a major move. I I could see something where... Yeah, maybe bottom six. Uh, is there maybe I mean, the, the penalty three? kill is not good. The penalty kill is well, not and, good. And I know that I heard you and Bob talking at the beginning of the the show tonight. They're not winning faceoffs. Yeah. And you can't keep running Leon out there to take faceoffs, penalty killing, because uh, he doesn't kill as much as he used to, and that's just going to tire him out. If, do you, if think, he's out uh, every do you time. think Buffalo has a number three centerman that's available? And I don't even know who that is. I, I, I don't know. Uh, or a number three D-man. I don't know. Well, there. I mean, you don't just look at Buffalo. You can look at all the teams in the National Hockey oh, League that are, that are going to be out of the playoff race and looking to move players. It's just going to be weird this year with the quarantine. I, whatever well, whatever happens. Quarantine, I don't think you, you can really wait until the trade deadline. I think if you're going to make a move, it would have to be now because whoever's coming from the States up, uh, they're basically out for two weeks, right? So, yeah. uh, well, got, I think you'd still wait for the deadline, though, if you think yeah. you're going to be in the playoffs and he'll help for, for the post. Possibly, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Doug. 780-496-0063. Oilers win 3-2. We have Sean on the line. Sean, you're also going to finish the play. You've already got a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. It's going to be delivered by one of the animals from the Hungry Herd. So look for some sort of livestock well, on your front door soon. Hope it's not going to be Reed. The, ca- my, well. the calf. No, he's too young. <laughs> uh, what's on your mind, Sean? Go ahead. Well, first of all, I didn't know those guys were called animals, but I'd be looking out for them. But uh, question I have, I don't know, I don't know who can answer this. Would Daryl, or is there a rule in the NHL which would prevent uh, Daryl uh, 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 Sutter yeah. from uh, coaching from a, a press box tonight with a headset? Yes. 
There is a rule. Okay. I'm pretty sure I read that there was a rule that you couldn't, if you're in quarantine, you couldn't be in the rink. Yeah, all the oh round. yeah, he's yeah. got to go through COVID, yeah. so he can't. Yeah, he can't even be in the building yet or around anybody. Well, I I thought he was in the building. That's what nope. I heard really. I don't believe so. I don't. I don't think he could be. I think okay. COVID rules. I think it's uh, yeah. There, I don't think there was any chance he was in here. Tonight. Yeah, as far as I know, he he wasn't because yeah. I the what I saw was that well, he can't even run a practice till Tuesday. Yeah, I was curious. Uh, yeah, if yeah. somebody can correct us if we're wrong, but I didn't. I didn't yeah. think that he could be in the building. You know, I'll be listening. But anyways, the other thing I wanted to say was, I don't understand why the media, uh, when the Oilers lose uh, three games in a row, <laughs> like they did last week, why the media has to uh, ask uh, questions in such a way to make the guys feel they're less than human beings. We know that they make lots of money. And I don't, uh, look, uh, Sean, I don't think I do that, quite frankly. No, I'm not saying you. Well, no, you're I, talking I, to a member of the media now, so I'm not going to speak for everybody else. I, I don't think I do that. Okay, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, Terry Jones and... Uh, well, c- complain to their employers. I mean, I'm not going to debate you about how other people act. I'm a member of the media. If you want to say something to me about my work, you can say it. I don't think I do that to people. I think I'll ask direct questions, but I don't think I belittle people. No, but listen... All I'm saying is, uh, there's a, it's like, what I feel like is, you know, when they lose a game or two or three in a row, uh, the, the way the media asks the guys the questions, it's like sticking a microphone in a face of uh, someone whose relative have died in a, a plane crash and ask, you know, uh, how do you feel? And I just think that there's a better way to phrase questions to get the players more engaged. And that's the reason why Drysaddle uh, snapped the other night and said, oh, yeah, you know, we feel great losing uh, three games in a row. So that's, you know, that's my whole uh, point about that. Am I still on the air? Yep. No, you are. Yes, I'm still on the air. You're okay. still on the air. Uh, yeah, you're going to play the contest. I mean, I should. I want to be on the record here, too. I didn't have a problem with how Drysaddle responded. Oh, I... I've, Neither Rob nor no. I criticize him for that, and I don't criticize Titch for asking the question. Sometimes little exchanges like that happen. Right. I didn't criticize Drysaddle either. I'm just saying he snapped because, he, you know, there was pressure, which doesn't need to be there when the media is asking questions. That's all. Okay, so let's uh, move on. I thank you for uh, taking my call. All right, here's the clue for finish the play. And now we're going to have James Neal fighting. And they're going toe-to-toe with Matthew Kachuk. Neal and Kachuk. Kachuk lands a couple of left jabs. These are ex-teammates, remember. And now Kachuk trying to get inside. Neal lands a right hand and eats a left jab from Kachuk. The two string one another out. Neal looking to load up. Lands a right uppercut. Kachuk forces him against the Calgary boards. Lands a couple of chopping right hands. Neal able to shake it off. Looking to counter with a right of his own and he knocked Kachuk off balance and the two tumbled to the ice. All right, Sean, that was uh, one of two fights tonight. Do you remember who was in the other fight? That's right. Uh, the lug and uh, nurse. <laughs> well, you got to say his name. Lucic. All right, you got it. Your name's going into the grand prize draw. For a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops, support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. That was Sean. I don't think there's any comparison between uh, people dying in a plane crash or losing a hockey game, by the way. Just put that on the record, too. I, I agree with you. I, I, I know we know what he's going with, and I've had questions that I don't that I find wrong. I've I've had to sit and listen to them, ask questions, uh, and then sometimes the players criticize if he's too honest. I I like the way Leon answered it. He's, he was honest and always like, all right. If you're going to ask that question, here's how I'm going to answer it, and the reporter can ask anything. And he I wants. should also point out, Titch tweeted the next morning, my fault. Well, good for him. Yeah. I, I like Titch. I, I really mean, I th- do. I think it's. Uh, I think that whole thing got blown out of proportion. It I did. mean, people go back and forth sometimes. Like, you know, that's that's life. That's interpersonal relationships. Yeah, I, I mean, I had no problem with either side of it. Honestly, I didn't. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna. There, I mean, I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna bite my tongue. About but I mean, the, I, I, there's been way, way worse things. Are way, way worse questions. Sometimes you get redundant questions, and the player looks at you like, "Hey, seriously." 
that's what you're asking me you had all you had all day long to think of a question this is what you're giving me and there's other times where players are just their frustration and you could ask them anything and you are going to get a smart aleck re- reply but i think for the most part uh, i mean you just think about how many times connor and leon have had to sit in a, a press room i think for the most part uh, both the players and the press here have you know been pretty uh, amicable where they, there's just thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of interviews and this is the first time we've had to talk about it in a long long time so boy well, yeah most of it's fine yeah. most of it's very very professional and yeah. just kind of kind of standard procedure but play, players have reporters or, or media that they like and players have reporters oh, that, and media oh, that, that's that true they don't too. like yeah that's yeah. true that's true as well yeah and I can assure you that media have players that oh, yeah, they, they, they don't like sometimes too. Yeah, I'm going to be on the player side on this one. <laughs> well, I'm not taking sides. <laughs> I'm just saying that's part of the, the human relation. That that whole thing got completely blown out of proportion. I thought it was funny. Honestly, I did. I was like, you and I were yeah, here because we listened to it I, together. I've had that happen to me. I don't I don't give a crap. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sometimes you're going to try with a question. And sometimes you, th- you ask a question and you think, well, this might be a stupid question. And then you might get a great answer or a great story. So you just got to trust, okay, this is this is the moment. This is what happened. Or this is maybe a story I'm going to ask. Uh, you and I were giggling when we were listening because we listened to it at the same time the, that it came out on the radio. It was kind of funny. All right, 780-496-0063 is how you can get us. You're still going to hear from Tip and McDavid. Oilers win it 3-2. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take it 3-2. McDavid with three points. He's the first star tonight. Elias Lindholm picked as the second star. Kyler Yamamoto, the third star. I put out a Twitter poll for the fourth star, courtesy Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca and the... Fans who have voted have selected Mike Smith as the fourth star tonight. Why not? 34 saves. He's 7-2 on the season. My goodness. On the Certainty Hotline, we have Anthony standing by. Anthony, go ahead, sir. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing quite well. Hey, good. Actually, I'm in Dundas, Ontario. A, uh, oh. a Bryson a Bryson DeChambeau drive from Brantford where there was a great <laughs> tribute, a great tribute yep. today to Walter. So that was great. Dundas, Ontario, uh, home of the Dundas Real McCoys senior AAA team. And I believe the uh, hosts community for the 2001 Allen Cup won by the Lloydminster Border Kings. There you go. Hey, there you go. And we also won, yeah, we won that Kraft Hockeyville a few years later, which was great. So... It's tomorrow there already, isn't it? You're up really late. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing, man. I'm a big Oilers fan, and, uh, you know, the one thing I want to say about the Oilers tonight, I thought Mike Smith played really well, but more than that, I'm just really tired, both as an Oiler and a Lee fan of uh, Matthew Gachuk, and uh, <laughs> I just wish the Oilers would, you know, truly do something about it and not, it, not have it be uh, uh, James Neal. I mean, whether it means calling up... Uh, I don't know, DRNA or Sachs or Jacks or I don't know, someone from Bakersfield to try to deal with it and uh, not cost a roster player. I'm just getting really tired of the antics and uh, uh, just the constant. He's constantly in the blue tape or sorry, in the blue paint. And um, yeah, just really tired of it, you know, so I'd love to see that dealt with, but it's going to get worse with Sutter as the coach. Yeah, well, yeah I, agree with, I agree with that. You're <laughs> well, absolutely right there. But, but you know what I'll say? And look, I, I think Kachuk is an extremely talented hockey player. But speaking of, you know, the Oilers took three kind of boneheaded penalties. Yep. So did Kachuk. I mean, there's no reason for him to – if he well, doesn't jump, that's not a penalty. No, it was dumb. It yeah. was dumb. I mean, I actually thought the Oilers were going to win the game on that penalty. I really did. They're going to get the power play and score. Now they didn't. But that's a dumb penalty to take at that point of the hockey game. There's no need to do it. So the, the, the last time that the two teams played – what they did against um, Kachuk was he ignored him. And when you got a pest, if you ignore the pest, eventually the pest goes away. And tonight as the game went on, Kachuk became less effective. In the first period, he was very effective. He was physical and threw some big hits. But the Oilers didn't respond, and he just became less effective, eventually taking a dumb penalty to be noticed. So to me, I, the best way to deal with players like that is ignore them. And that's the way you beat them. Yeah, and I think, and Rob, you'd know better than, you know, you'd know better than any of us uh, guys calling in. But as I say, it would sure be nice to see, uh, you know, someone just, I say, try to really get him off his game. And um, um, I don't know, put him out, so to speak. But, uh, you well, know, it's funny anyhow, when, thanks for taking my call. When he, yeah, when he, thanks for staying when up. He, 
when he took that penalty tonight, I'm on a, a, a group chat. There's about 25 of us on it, and I bet you 20 of them said, I really hope they score well, and they had a lot of different names for Kachuk <laughs> in the penalty box. But there, yeah, everyone wanted that to be the, the reason the Edmonton Oilers won. Uh, Kachuk wasn't as effective as the game went on because they ignored him, so that's how you have to play him. But as the caller said, Kachuk is getting a coach that's going to love love the way that he plays and it's going to give him a little more license to be what he does best all right Connor mcdavid scores late in the third the oilers win 3-2 over the flames let's hear from head coach dave tippett courtesy mattress superstore brian rashog tsn dave it seemed uh, it seemed clear early on that it was you know going to be a, a physical battle how happy were you with uh your group's willingness to kind of answer to that. They're not just talking the scraps, but just overall your whole group kind of answering that style of play and, and winning a game like that. Well, we knew it was going to be a competitive game. You know, their situation with changing the coach and our situation with uh, needing to get our game back in order. So um, you knew it was going to be a real competitive game. You know, we I thought we got better as the game went on. You knew they were going to push early. They dumped a lot of pucks at the net uh, in the first period. And then, uh, you know, we kind of got our legs under us. And I liked the way we worked the second and third period. And and uh, Connor and Leon and Yamo uh Gave us a big period in the third, and we end up getting the points. One to ask about Darnell Nurse specifically. I mean, obviously he's an important player, and you want him on the ice. But it seemed like it was a, you know, maybe a moment he recognized, or, you know, how do you feel about about him doing that? And you know, what does it say about him that, that he does that? Well, he's he's one of our leaders. It's you know, nobody can tell a player when to fight why to fight whatever those those things happen and those those are you know you're into battles in the game and those are things that uh people engage in to try to help your team win and try to help your team get momentum and whatever it is so he's one of our leaders and at that time of the game we you know we were pushing back we were just getting our feet under us and uh it was a good battle and we line up again right after they come out and away we went mark specter sports that but tell me, Dave, about a team that, you know, you're right. You come in the game and you're trying to find your game. And the first period happens and they take it, you know, they come at you pretty hard. And you're still looking for your game in the second period. You had a win in a hockey game that, that was hard to win, right? Is this the kind of game you're looking for? Well, every game's hard to win, no matter what. It's We were just talking about the staff in there after watching the highlights from around the league. Every game is hard to win. So you, you go into it with a mindset, you're going to try to find a way to win. Sometimes you have to make adjustments when you go in. Sometimes you have to recognize a little better how you have to play to win. So, uh, you know, we knew this was going to be a hard game. Like I say, with their circumstance, us, uh, we knew we had to play better. And I like the way we hung into the game. You know, Schmitty gave us some real, some real good saves, and uh, but our, our team competed, especially the second and third period. We competed really hard, and that's that we got to continue to build on that. You know, the the Toronto series was uh, wasn't very good for us. We got to build our game back up tonight, and we took a step in the right direction tonight. A couple, a couple of players specifically who took frustration sort of penalties. Drysaddle took a couple where he whacked guys and. Yamamoto kicked feet out and you know they were they appeared to be frustrated and they then kind of hunkered down and, and put together a really strong second half of the game and came right back and led your team is that yeah you don't you don't you don't like uh you don't like undisciplined penalties but it gets uh you know it gets real competitive if you saw Yamamoto got elbowed right in the mouth just a couple seconds before that so he's you know there's emotion involved in that so I mean you're you you want to have emotion you want to be competitive but you got to be disciplined and those are areas that we you know those are three things in the game that we need to improve but that being said I like how competitive we are and we were in the game we competed on battles and we found a way to win Terry Jones post media but Dave what do you think or hope that the significance of of tonight will be in terms of the bigger picture well we we didn't play very well for three games we got to start building our game back up so you got to you got to recognize what you have to do to win and we uh you know like i say we we took some steps tonight um you know, there's there's a competitive level you have to be at in this league if you're going to win. It doesn't matter who you're playing. And, you know, the last couple of days we've focused on that, and I give the players a ton of credit. They came out and uh, and competed hard, and we found a way to win. And could you discuss the uh, 
the whole circumstances are an inspiration of putting the uh, dynamic duo back together for this one? And uh, is it a one-game thing, or uh, where do you sit with that? Uh, we'll see. We're just looking for a spark there. You know, we, we're, we haven't been creating very much, so we're just looking for a spark, and we put them back together. And, and uh, Yamo was a nice fit with them, so we'll see where it goes. All right, that is Dave Tippett after the Oilers beat Calgary 3-2. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take it 3-2 over the Flames. Connor McDavid, game winner with 345 left in the third. He had three points tonight. We're going to get to McDavid here uh, ASAP. Rocket, we, we want to play the McDavid stuff, so uh, I, I we appreciate you calling, obviously, but I, I'm going to ask you to uh, move with alacrity tonight if you can. Yeah, no worries. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I, I thought you were moving me. Uh, no, I just wanted to say, like, you know, there are some games where you talk about, you know, how players won the game and and this, that, and the other thing. But tonight was one of those games in the NHL where I think uh, Dave Tippett deserves a lot of credit as a coach. And to be honest with you, I think he's the he's – the, the first star in the game. No, good point. He he went and, and changed the lineup when he knew that offensively the Oilers were a little stagnant, and he put the two stars together, and they were excellent. Created a number of chances. Uh, three was probably the, the least amount of goals that that line was going to score tonight, and they had just enough in them to, to get them a big victory. But, yeah, Dave Tippett had a feeling, put them together, and the feeling paid off. Thank you, Rocket. Okay, let's go back to the Zoom room. Here's the captain, Connor McDavid. Trog, TSN. Hey, Connor, it seemed like, um, you know, there was a physical price to be paid to kind of be in that game and, and to win that game. You know, do you do you like the way your team responded? And I'm not just talking fights, but just physically tonight, the way your team responded to that? Yeah, I loved it. I thought, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, Nursey taking on the big man is, uh, is something special and uh, it for sure got us going. Um, Kneeler to, uh, to drop him with... Uh, Kachuk obviously is uh, an emotional one for our group and, and uh, you know, got us going as well. So hats off to both of those guys. Um, and I thought the rest of the group had lots of, lots of jump. Um, and I thought Smitty did a great job of, uh, you know, buying us time and, and, uh, and, and allowing us to get our legs into it. And, um, you know, I thought it was a, a good team win. Yeah, you had, to, you had to battle back a few times as well. Is that, you know, a good sign that your group had it in you to do that? Of course, um, you know, we didn't find a way to do it the last three games. So, um, you know, they obviously get a, a, a power play goal. Um, you know, we hold them there. Smitty holds them there and and uh, we get our legs going and slowly take over the game. And I thought uh, um, we did a great job responding then. And, and, uh, and then obviously in the third period, they they score a point shot and just kind of finds a way through traffic. And um, you know, we responded again. So two positives for sure. Terry Jones, Post Media. <clears throat> Connor, how significant of a win do you believe this is? I think it's a big win. Um, you know, when you're sliding like uh, like we were, it's sometimes it's tough to to find a way out of it. And I thought we did a great job as a as an entire group of of just staying with it, sticking with it. Um, you know, holding on to that game, even though we probably didn't get off to our our best start. Um, you know, I, I, I love the way that, uh, you know, we kind of held on to that one. So, you know, hopefully that uh, builds us some momentum heading into a, a very big Ottawa series here this week. Can you also speak to uh, that three-game pointless uh, streak you had and, and uh, what you think busting out like this will mean to you personally? Um, I mean, I'm not sure what you really want me to say about it. I thought uh, um, Toronto did a good job and... and uh, you know, I didn't play my best hockey, and um, you know, I need to I need to, to play better for for our group, and um, you know, personally, obviously, just uh, for for my own pride. So, um, you know, I was happy to to contribute tonight, but that's all I did. Um, you know, everyone else was great. Derek Fendi's post media. <clears throat> Connor, I want to ask you about just go, just being down one nothing after that first period. How big was Mike Smith for you guys? And I know they were kind of kind of be, be a fired up team because they got a new coach they're trying to impress. But just to be down one goal after that first period, how big was that? For you? I mean, anytime you give up 20 shots in a period, it's not a good period. Um, and uh, 
and he was uh, he was great for us, like he's been all season long. So, like I said earlier, he did a great job of allowing us to kind of get our feet into the game and, and our minds into the game. And, um, you know, he, he provides so much energy for us, uh, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. So, um, you know, another massive night for, uh, for 41. And they did come out hitting uh, you guys in that first period. They did come out physical, physical you guys. But did you like the way you matched their intensity, though? Like, you guys didn't back down from that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's about Alberta. Um, you know that you're gonna get you're gonna get that intensity. You're gonna get uh, that physicality. Um, you know you got to understand the situation as well. They're obviously coming off a coaching change and and uh, and trying to uh, um, you know I guess uh, put that you know ignite that intensity and that energy into their lineup. So you know we knew that was coming. I thought uh, you know we did a great job responding. Obviously with Neeler and and Nursey there. Um, you know it takes a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, bravery, we'll call it, uh, to, to step in there with Big Luch and, um, and, and again, Nealer, um, you know, dropping him with, with Kachuk is massive. So, like I said, I, I, liked, uh, I liked the way we responded, yeah. Jason Gregor, TSN 12-6. Connor, at practice yesterday, Dave Tippett stopped that he, you know, wasn't happy with the neutral zone play. It really put that as an emphasis. And, in the, you know, your, your tying goal and then again the winning goal, both stem off of plays coming out of your own zone through the neutral zone. How do you feel your team responded to that maybe challenge from the coach? Or do you feel you were much better in just controlling the puck and moving through the neutral zone as a unit? Well, the neutral zone is such a massive part of the game. You know, if you can control the middle of the ice, you're, you're usually going to win. So um, Toronto did a great job of, uh, of controlling that, not allowing us to get through that and, and coming through us, uh, you know, quite quickly. So uh, I thought tonight we did a better job of slowing them up a bit, um, allowing our D to break some pucks out. I thought our D were we're, we're better at moving it quickly, getting it up the ice, and uh, and then uh, you know a little bit of patience as well when we when we need to build it. So um, yeah, I liked uh, I liked how it contributed to our, our our game tonight. You mentioned the whole group stepped up in a lot of different ways, and I think that's valid. Uh, one guy, you know. I- Expecting a lot of offense from, but Chris Russell chips in two assists for your team and you know, was really good uh, on, on a penalty kill. Uh, I think late in the second period, Just kind of talk about you know his performance and contribution tonight. Well, Rusty, Rusty brings it each and every night. Uh, he's one of the toughest guys I know. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, I think the whole league's got a lot of respect for, and, and uh, you know, we, you know, in our room, we got a lot of respect for him too. And, and uh, you know, he was able to uh, contribute offensively. I think he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is offensively, moving pucks and and uh, and making plays. So, um, you know, he got a couple bounces tonight, but it's a credit to him breaking the puck out and moving it through the middle. Final question, Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Connor, you know, yourself and Leon have, have hardly played together uh, even strength this season on the power play all the time. What was it like to be back with Leon for at least two-thirds of the hockey game? Yeah, it's always fun. You know, he's one of the best players in the entire world and, and, and probably the best passer in the world, as you saw on the on the second goal there to Yamo. So, um, you know, as a, as an offensive player, it's a, it's a dream to be able to play with a guy like that, um, you know, who just uh, who makes so many plays. So, um Obviously, happy to, to, to play with them. Whether it stays or not, that's not my choice, and and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll continue to battle together. That is Connor McDavid. He gets the game winner tonight. The Oilers knock off the Flames 3-2. You can get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer back at 630Ched. Next broadcast Monday, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7, Oilers and Senators. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line, from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. Take care.